Welcome to the Shelf Shedding Movie Show. I'm your host, Jason Dubray, and uh, we are talking again about Funny February. This is one of three challenges I regularly do throughout the year, uh, organized by Scott Lehman and Shel Sheldon Matico, a regular guest for these episodes. I think each year we're, we're trying to do different things with these. Sometimes we'll do a top 10, sometimes we'll just pick two to review, that kind of thing. This time we wanted to get some shows out uh, as Funny February is happening while we're in the middle of the challenge uh, and mentioned kind of over three sections of the month of February, a highlight for us, a movie that we would definitely keep and hold on to uh, close to our hearts, and then uh, one that possibly we would shed. But we don't necessarily, well, maybe you have it well planned out. I, I don't really have mine well planned out. Um, but it's possible that over 10 days you could just watch one great movie after another and like the one that you would shed would actually be a pretty good movie or you could actually get like 10 duds in a row and then you have to like really get creative and figuring out what's the highlight of your uh, of your challenge. Uh, so I want to welcome you both back. I'll start off with Scott because it's been a little while and since that last happened, uh, I believe it was in October that you had a new arrival in your family and you're now a grandfather. Um, yeah. yeah. So how was that? <laughs> oh, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's uh, it's pretty wild actually. Uh, you know, as time goes on and you get different roles and the people you held as babies are having babies and it's kind of a surreal at times, but that's uh, yeah. been, uh, been pretty sweet. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. But you still were able to get in and watch your horror movies last October, and uh, and and now we're into our, our our funny month. So, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. And Sheldon, welcome back again. We've heard from you recently. Uh, we did a top ten on Action April. Um, now I do want to mention Scott. You did you didn't participate in that show because I I just kind of thought with the birth of the baby things might be a little bit busy around that time. But you did provide me with a top 10 list and I'll have right. you know Sheldon this is more directed at you that uh, Scott and I had the same number one pick full metal jacket by Stanley Kubrick so um, oh. yeah so I, I, I should have had him on the show to verify that <laughs> We both yeah, he would have he would have maybe backed you up a little bit on that one. I uh, like I we we talked about that, and I always have a problem with that ending because I I yeah. love it, but I just I want so much more, right? But and that's what yeah. Kubrick does. He <laughs> yep. he he kind of lulls you in, but then frustrates you. So that's uh, that's, that's what he does. <laughs> but I will also say that on that list, Scott, you had John Wick too, as did Sheldon. Um, so yeah, that was my number. That was my number two pick, I think, right? Yeah, uh, nice. it was somewhere on there. I forget exactly where, but it was pretty high up. So, um, yeah. So anyway, I uh, I just wanted to, to mention that. Uh, but Sheldon, we also had you on recently for the John Candy episode, and I know uh, you're John Candy near and dear to your heart. So I I, I, I ripped into those movies hard. And <laughs> He's one of the men I admire. <laughs> yeah, I, I did, just, I did I, listen to that of course one. You play defense a lot. <laughs> Yeah, you 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 were you know we were both a little bit maybe tough on him a, a little bit. There were some some points where we were both a little bit critical, but I think that's that's important too is is to kind of pull out these sort of uh, things that even though you love the movie, you know it's 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 always good to point out some of the things that that maybe weren't done as good as they could have been or could have been done in a different way or or whatever. That's that's always the fun. I I love talking about movies. That's that's the fun of it. 
And I, I, I think we are not hard on John Candy, but we are hard on the movies and the screenplays. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Was, no, that's. It was different ones. It was a love fest for Home Alone. I know that much. But other than the fact that you did thought he was in the movie a little bit too uh, little to be part of that episode, but that's all right. Yeah, it's more. Yeah, than yeah. Video, isn't it? Yep. Yeah, it is. He improvised the his three or four scenes. He improvised the whole thing, which was kind of cool. But um, mm. yeah, how has Funny February been for you? I know we're kind of as we're recording this, we're in the second part. Uh, so we don't want to say too much about the second part, but in general, how was the first more than half of the month gone for uh, for you gentlemen? Well, for me, it's it's been it's been good. There's been a wide variety that I've looked at. You know, some older, some newer, uh, some that uh, I haven't seen for quite some time, and see how they hold up. Um, you know, some family friendly and some R-rated. So it's just kind of been all over the place. Nice, nice. And that's what that's the fun part of the challenge is you have a nice. A weird mix and a nice variety of films. Sheldon, how has it been for you? Oh, it's been really good, actually. I I've been trying as best I can, and I'm I'm terrible at this, and I'll admit it. Um, but I've been trying as best I can to kind of pick some of the maybe not so classic uh, films and and some of the stuff that I haven't really seen, or at least haven't seen in a very long time. Um, and I pretty much forget all of it. So um yeah it's been really good I've, I've found some really hidden gems in my collection that i honestly forgot i even owned and uh i, I actually started the process of going through uh, all of my movies and recording uh what i have so that i don't buy as many doubles <laughs> yeah. but uh well, it's been really good yeah it's yeah, been really a, good there's been i got a handy like scott said uh, indispensable <laughs> yeah, ab- absolutely. Like just like Scott said, uh, yeah, it's 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 been really good. There's been a great mixture. And there's, uh, there's, so there's I was sometimes there. sorry, I was just saying. There's sometimes where you know the family will join me and say, "What's the movie today?" I tell them what it is. Oh, the kids will come down, and my wife will come, and and there's some days where they're saying, "Yeah, have fun with that." We'll see you in a couple hours, where they have no interest. <laughs> yeah, I, I know the day we're recording this, and like again, not to go too much, but I I think you're watching the Jerk. Did anybody join you to watch the Jerk today? Uh, no, I was I was alone. Oh, you're alone, yeah. alone with the jerk. All right, yeah. um, <laughs> it's a solo jerk. I, I I will say I'm actually this time maybe doing the opposite of Sheldon. I'm taking a page out of both of your books. I'm having a better fe- funny February because on the whole, not every day, but a lot of the days, I'm watching a movie that I have watched at least one other time, if not multiple times, and. Uh, it's been pretty solid. There's been a couple rocky days. So I'll talk about one of them today. But um, on the whole, I've really, really enjoyed the movies. And some of them have been years between seeing them and other ones I've watched a ton. And so, uh, yeah. So I'm, I guess I'm, because I feel like I've been so negative with this challenge the last few years, I thought I want to kind of go for a safer bet and kind of see yeah. and then put some ones that I am familiar with up against each other for uh, – these episodes so yeah i think maybe sometimes you're looking at it through more of a critical eye as far as that where a comedy maybe i'm, I'm looking more just i'm gonna sit down have a light 90 minutes just entertain me i'm not asking for too much yeah um, have some laughs i mean it, it always feels good to chuckle so yeah it does and i've actually been laughing and having a, a better time with it this time. i again maybe it's i have a warped darker sense of humor than and but some of the uh as you put it kind of early on, some of the uh, quote-unquote lowbrow stuff has been a, a harder sell for me over the years. <laughs> some of it I really enjoy, but I 
I don't know. It's funny how the magic of ones that work for me and ones that don't. So I, I think what we're going to do here is we're starting off because you came up, Scott, years ago with the idea of uh, if we were doing the like the 10 best list that we should have like one that we would shelve or, or I mean shed from, from the shelf and uh, in the tradition of the name of the show. So these first ones, we're going to start off with a negative and then we're again with a positive. Uh, a movie that we would shed from our challenge based on the first 10 days. And we'll, we'll likely mention what the theme was and why we would shed it. And, uh, and we'll kind of see if these were kind of tough decisions to come to. I think I had a harder time with the positive one because I was between a few different ones. The, uh, the one that I would uh, definitely shed uh, would be, you know, would seem pretty obvious to me for this first 10 days. And I promise you among these three shows, if there's a movie that I have a physical copy of that was the lowest one that we're talking about, I am going to shed it from my movie collection. If it's yeah, one I that. streamed or didn't, don't own a physical copy for, I can't really do that. But uh, mm -hmm. I am promising to do that uh, this time. I, I uh, inherited yeah, I was gonna say I inherited one of your uh, your DVDs that you you shed, so I know you're pretty pretty serious when it comes to that. Well, so. it was a Blu-ray, as you'll recall. Yeah, yeah, that that was an expensive Blu-ray, actually, too. So uh, I I might have to offer you a look at uh, some of my doubles there, and you can you can well, pick whatever. Yeah, it is to get rid of my movies, not add on. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, you might find something you really want to watch or haven't seen or something. You never. Well, know. I'm sure I would because yeah, yeah, and there's some that you've mentioned already in your challenge. Like, I forgot that movie existed. Oh, I would love to see that. You know, so wasn't that Who's um, Harry Crumb? Was that the one you got too? Yeah, yeah, that was Harry Crumb. Blu-ray, yeah. man, I, I didn't know that existed on Blu-ray. I, I wish I could get a copy of that. <laughs> I, think I, a, know. <laughs> I think it's the MVB or MV, it's not MVP, MVB. It's the one that they can't do 80s covers. Um, and they're, yeah, they distribute kind of forgotten 70s and 80s movies, horror movies, comedies, that kind of thing. And I, nice. I, I came across it, I think it probably at Sunrise. Give Sunrise a free uh, advertisement here, but Sunrise Records, I uh, I think I, I I found that at one point and picked up. So I'm pretty yeah. sure my copy is a, a DVD that I got from a Rogers Video going out of business or something. For, yeah, that's for most of the, or something. Yeah, yeah, most of the stuff comes from those. Yeah, Blockbuster, Rogers, HMV, like all of those. You know, yeah, may they rest in peace. Uh, okay, I think Scott, we're gonna start with you, then go to Sheldon, then myself, and that's the rotation we'll we'll go with here. All right, Scott, of uh, the first ten days of the challenge, what would be a movie that you would uh, shed from from this challenge? Okay. Well, um, the movie I would shed, uh, and I may actually shed it. Uh, I haven't decided yet, but uh, there's a chance. Uh, I did I just mention kind of a runner-up to almost shed. I was, uh, when we were doing the stand-up comedy day, I'm a big fan of stand-up comedy, and I watched three or four specials that night. Uh, there was one I watched with Matt Reif, who is, uh, I don't know, my, my daughter kind of was familiar with him. So I thought, okay, this guy seems popular. I give him a shot. And it, it wasn't for me. I thought if I... But I, I thought I'll stick more with movies that I would shed. So it was a stand-up special that I would, I can't endorse really for because yeah. I watched so many good ones as well. But um, <laughs> it just seemed uh, it was just. Not What's the name me. of the show? It's Matt Rife. What what's it's a Netflix, wasn't it? Or yeah, he's he's got one Netflix special. Yeah, and okay. uh, I, I'm, I, 
I can't remember the name of it, but uh, you know, his his whole big last bit was this big story about one time when he was slightly inconvenienced on an airplane. It's this is your big story, but but anyways, <laughs> enough about Matt Rife. <laughs> okay, the the movie I was uh, be at the bottom of my list uh, from the first ten days would be uh, the American Pie Day. Uh, that yeah. day, I watched the direct-to-video. American Pie presents Bandcamp. Get ready for an outrageous new slice of the pie. This one time at Bandcamp? I'm Steve's brother Matt. There are two Stiflers? Yes, sir. Oh. In the spirit of the holiday season. Can you guess what my favorite piece of music is? I have no idea. The Nutcracker. American Pie presents Bandcamp. Welcome to Tall Oaks 2005. Now Jim's dad. Is going where no dad you're going to band camp should ever go. Where are your clothes? Packed with exclusive bonus features. Talking about videotaping them. And he's gone wild. Including outtakes, deleted scenes, and a special poolside hookup with the band camp girls. Band camp just got a whole lot better. You're Steve Stiffler's younger brother, aren't you? She seems nice. This holiday. Now's a good time to teach you those moves. Dude, I gotta see this. Get the gift you really want. It's getting hot. Wow. American Pie presents. That. Oh my god. Instruments in such uh, odd places. Bandcamp. Only unrated DVD December 26th. I, I have not seen any of the direct-to-video uh, movies yet. I've obviously seen the four theatrical ones. I've probably seen a couple of them, at least in theater. And uh, there's there's some fun to be had, I think, with with every chapter. And it kind of goes does a circle with you know high school, college, you know, graduation, and you know marriage, your high school reunion, and you know it's, there's kind of something there for for it. Uh, these American Pie Presents ones were four. I think there's four of them now, uh, at yeah. least kind of spinoffs that deal with. Um, different characters. Eugene Levy shows up, I think, in all of them. And you can't help but feel like, uh, Eugene, what do you, you don't have to say yes to everything. You can, <laughs> but... Uh, Doing the yeah. money. Yeah, yeah. so, uh, anyway, I'm not sure if you're familiar with this one or not, but at Bandcamp, it focuses on uh, the, the character Stifler's younger brother, who does a... It, he's just trying so hard just to sound like Stifler. And uh, it's kind of grating on the nerves. And I'm wondering, am I maybe just... Have I grown up? Maybe if I was younger, would this appeal to me? But it just seemed, you know, I don't know if a smile crossed my face at any point during the film. Um, and it just, you know, the the antics of Stifler through the American Pie movies, as we've kind of talked before, they get a little bit questionable, a little bit uh, crass. And But uh, at the end, you know, you kind of like some of the characters and uh, there's some comedy to it. This Stifler, his antics here border, not border, but they are full on illegal, uh, you know, putting up video cameras and in girl showers and in their bedrooms and he's you know making videos of you know girls gone wild type thing about all these band girls and uh and and it just was not funny and i felt icky kind of watching it so uh, I, I don't i don't have anything good to say about it really yeah yeah that sounds awful i mean i i know when when i posted i think mine for that day was american pie 2 um i've watched american pie a lot but it's been years i only watched american pie 2 one time when it was fairly, it wasn't right when it came out, but it was around that time. And our uh, mutual friend, Larry Parsons, I'll rank and review advertisement there for his uh, podcast. Uh, he put a comment on my on my Facebook feed. Uh, I was never a fan of this franchise, and I hear it has aged like milk. 
Yeah, um, so, that's a good line. <laughs> yeah, I like that one too. I get what he's saying. I kind of, for the first four, I am willing to meet them at where they were at when they were released. But yeah, I, I've never watched a direct-to-video one, and I have not watched Bandcamp. Funny, I was considering it, but I didn't con- find a way to see it for free, to be honest with you. Um, of the American Pie Presents movies, that looked like the one I would most go for, and it features looks like it's featuring Eugene Levy. Yeah. I thought, well, maybe he would be able to get me through that, but it's not sounding like it's worth my time ever so yeah and, and no. what i got I, I actually have a, a dvd where i got it like value village and they had all four of them on one yeah. package so and i've never seen them i thought you know, it was like two dollars i thought well this gives me a reason to check it out and uh, apparently from what i believe Bandcamp is probably the highest rated of the four so i'm not sure if i've got much incentive to uh travel further on with these uh spin-offs but uh two dollars for a bad movie is probably not the worst deal out there but yeah and that's that's super funny that you picked um, Bandcamp and that it you know it seems to be the higher ranking one um, out of them because honestly like I've seen all of them I, I have that same uh, DVD that you have there Scott and uh, um, I I thought the Bandcamp one was the worst like out of any of yeah. the the sort of spinoffs out of any of like yeah it it just it, like you say with the stifler stuff and and his you know his brother it's it's not very original and it, it didn't really come through very well i thought um honestly the naked mile was a little better um just a little bit better i i think i can't remember her name but the the female that sort of stars in that she's not too bad like in terms of of what she was doing in it you know it is what it is like in terms of the movie that it is um, but the Book of Love was was out of the four of them, I would say probably the most original and, and probably the one that they tried to take in a different direction. And you can tell, and it and it's sort of um, I'm not going to tell you it's the best movie in the world, but out of the four, if I was going to pick one that I knew was half worth watching, it would probably be the Book of Love. I would say, yeah. <laughs> so, you're, you're so for the future don't give up don't give up on the, on the okay. direct the video ones is that what you're saying sheldon well no i i, I <laughs> i'm not going to tell you like i said they're the best movies in the world uh, but um if you are ever going to cross uh paths with that dvd again um i would i'd pick the book of love just out of uh out of past experiences with <laughs> with those <laughs> sheldon, if if he was to watch uh, the Book of Love or The Naked Mile, and he didn't like it, would you be willing to mail him 50 cents for each of those? <laughs> so uh, you get a little bit of your $2 back. Sure. Well, yeah, I mean, based on that, I'll probably hold on to it then. And, you know, who knows, maybe next February this category will pop up again or, or a direct-to-video yeah. thing or something. But, uh, yeah, I, I may. I'll keep it on the shelf. It doesn't take up that much room because, um, yeah, there's, I'm, you know, I'm willing to give things a chance. Uh, it just seemed like, uh, I mean, if there's there's the expected nudity in it, of, as there is in this franchise, but it just seemed, I don't know, it just seemed like enough after a while. <laughs> it was, yeah. yeah. Was. Are, are they all on separate discs, or are they have two movies on one disc? Uh, no, they're all, I got four discs in it. Yeah, I think okay. they're all, yeah, they're all separate. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So you could throw out one <laughs> and keep the other ones done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that, that was probably the only actual movie that I didn't, uh, you know, laugh at least uh, once in during the month. So 
Um, there, there was one moment where it got kind of, uh, you know, gross, you know, replacing suntan lotion with, uh, with semen and, uh, you know, and they're rubbing uh, yeah. it on their face and it's like, okay, uh, this is kind of, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. And that's that a that's the bodily fluid thing. That that, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's right up your alley, Jason. You'd love it. I mean, I'll tell you, American Pie, the first one, made my top 10 list for that really good, you know, 1999 year. So um, I'm a fan of the franchise and I want it to be good. But then I know after a while, I mean, three and four were pushing, pushing it a, a bit, you know, but. Then after that, I was kind of like, oh, okay, I yeah, I don't. I think the, main, like, the main people have moved on. I don't think this is yeah. going to be worth my time. So, and part Sheldon, of it might be that you've kind of grown up with those characters too. So yeah, you, 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 know, you, you have you grow up with them, and now we're starting over with, uh, and it just I'm not in the mood to start over with a new group at this point. And I was like, and of course the actors were way older than high school students when, yeah. when the first movie came out. But I was about two years out of high school. So I was able to kind of look back on it and and then understand where they were coming from and then kind of understand like the summer or the year after you've gone to college and, and, that, and that kind of stuff in the second one. Uh, so, yeah, you do feel like you've grown up with the characters and I wasn't that far off in in age from from them still supposed to be older than the characters, but probably the actors were older than I am. So, uh, yeah, I hate, like I hate to hear that, but it, I'm not surprised <laughs> tell from your, some of your comments that that was not a, not an easy sit. So, so Sheldon, I think it's time for the one that you would shed from, from your challenge. Uh, this, yeah. Um, it was kind of hard, hard for me. Like I, but like I said, I picked a lot of, um, uh, films that, I maybe hadn't seen before or, or haven't had as much experience with, but uh, there was, it was down to two and I'll just mention the other one just because, um, <laughs> but it was down to two and it was down to confess Fletch, uh, which is kind of a newer one. It's, I think it, I think it, I'm not entirely sure, but I'm pretty sure it's a Netflix produced movie. I think, I think it was on Netflix. Um, that was, I believe the night that we, it was, um, was the Netflix pick something from Netflix. Um, and yeah, I was, I was kind of super excited about it. And I don't know if that maybe influenced maybe how I felt at the end of it. I, I, I went into it kind of expecting a little bit more and, uh, it, it really fell through. I, I, I didn't like the, I didn't like the character that, that John Hamm kind of, you know, portrayed as Fletch. It, it just, he played it so dumb and, and that was never the character of Fletch. It, it, you know, it just, it went in a completely different direction and it wasn't a good direction. Um, in my opinion, the storyline was good. That was the best part of the movie, but the, the rest of it was kind of, kind of junk. Um, but that's, that's not the one that I would probably shed. Um, <laughs> and some people are going to hate me for this, I'm sure. Uh, but Mamma Mia. Every girl has a dream. I want the perfect wedding, and I want my father to give me away. Look at my baby, your whole life ahead of us. Every family. I read Mom's diary. Has a secret. And I have three possible fathers. Oh. My. God. Every wedding. Which one did you invite? Has a few surprises. You always knew how to make an entrance. Three 
three guys around the same time. <laughs> you shady lady. The last time I saw your mother, she said she never wanted to see me again. There, has got it in for me. I bet it's my mother. Take a trip down the aisle. Is your father here? You tell me. You'll never forget. Sophie! Your father! What? <laughs> Typical. You wait 20 years for a dad and then three come along at once. Universal Pictures presents... Dad's coming to my wedding, and I have to tell two of them their surplus, only which two. You can dance, you can dance, Are you getting any? I mean. Slept with hundreds of men. Watch that scene. And I haven't slept with hundreds of men. Dig in the queen. Mama Mia. You sound like to have fun already. Oh, we are. I used to have fun. Oh, we know. <laughs> what? I, I, I can't do Mama Mia. I, I just can't do it. I, I've tried. I've yeah. tried. And I'm a musical guy. Um, you know, uh, to, to, to quote from another movie, right? Like kind of a song and dance man, uh, raised on a military base. That's kind of that best describes sort of my, my childhood, except it wasn't a military base. It was a farm, but still, um, you know, it, it, it's, I just, I can't get into Mamma Mia. It, it's the, the, the full, however long of ABBA, um, I, I don't mind ABBA. Like there's some of their songs are really catchy and that's almost actually what sort of uh, made me the, the most mad about it was I walked away from it and I was like, I hated that. But now I'm singing some of the songs, <laughs> you <Yeah>. know? <laughs> so like I say, like they were catchy, but I, I really didn't like it. I really didn't appreciate it. There were so many good actors in it and it was produced by Tom Hanks. Um, and his wife, um, and uh, so I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm sure that maybe had something to do with the casting. Like, there's Pierce Brosnan is in it, and Colin Firth, um, and and Meryl Streep, and and the list just goes on. You can keep uh, there. Scotsguards is in it. The senior Scotsguard there. Um, it's it's just it's a full cast of actors that I kind of expected a little bit more from and i don't know maybe it's just the the movie itself the musical itself um i really didn't i didn't get into it and i if i ever had the choice i don't know that's that's probably one of the last musicals i would ever kind of pick to to kind of be a part of or produce in any sort of way but um that yeah if i was going to get rid of one if i was going to you know, completely throw it off the shelf. It would be Mamma Mia, and and I think it's from 2008. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I don't know. It's not for me. I don't know if you guys have seen it or not. Scott, you I, want to comment on I, first? 
I have not seen it. No, I was thinking. No. Uh, well, good for you for uh, for giving that a shot because uh, I don't. I, <laughs> I, I don't know if I would have uh, been that brave. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it took a lot, Scott, and, and and I'm like I'm a musical guy. Like I grew up doing musicals in high school and and throughout university and that kind of stuff. And actually, uh, once upon a time, Jason and I were in a musical together uh, back back in the day. Uh, good old guys and dolls. Um, so, but yeah, it, it just, it wasn't for me. I don't know. Jason, have you ever, have you ever seen it? I have, I have seen it. Yeah. Um, I saw it in theaters actually. It was a good one for my general family to go to. Uh, yeah. I, I, if yeah. I'm given the choice between, uh, confess Fletch and Mamma Mia, I would probably watch Mamma Mia, but this is what I'll say about Mamma Mia. I, I think, you know, it moves at such a fast pace and I didn't think it was a terribly well-made film is a thumbs down yeah. film for me but the thing that would kind of keep it from being something i would shed um relative to some other ones is i actually think amanda seyfried and meryl streep give terrific performances and it's actor yeah. it's actors who know how to sing the acting always yeah. has to come first in musicals which a lot of people forget they think you have to be a great yeah. singer we've seen some great singers try to do movie musicals or on stage on Broadway and it tanks because they can yep. stand there and give a concert, but they cannot play a character. Yep. Those two were, were terrific and kept me going and made it watchable for me. And I don't mind the ABBA music uh, either. In fact, you know, I, <laughs> I hate to say it after what you said, but I have at points when I was looking for musicals that would feature uh, great roles for women uh, young women, because we always have more young women than 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 uh, boys, and for for high school, Mamma Mia was one I had considered putting on. Um, yeah. I think it probably is a better stage show than it is a movie. Totally. And so Streep and Seafried are kind of the reason to see it, but I I'm not going to claim that it's a great movie and that people should be burning down your house over this because. Uh, it really, it's it's not for everyone. And man, if you don't like ABBA, it's it's going to no. be a beautiful. <laughs> and it's not a, I don't think it's a short movie, if I recall correctly. I think it's a couple hours, isn't it? So I mean, it's it's just over two hours. Yeah, yeah it's just hours, over two hours. So. That's probably the standard thing you can say about uh, musical movies in general. That overall, they probably work better as a stage play, just because yep. in a movie, it's like, you know, why is the whole neighborhood coming on, on the street singing and dancing choreographed? Can we get, get back to telling the story now? But in the theater, you want to be entertained with the song and dance, and yeah, it's, it's they're odd. It's a little bit weird in a, in a movie setting sometimes. There has to be an element of magic to do it as a film, right? To yeah. do uh, a musical as a film, right? There has to be that element of magic that, that just makes it you know, kind of come alive, right? When all of a sudden, ah, there's a song and dance ensemble happening and, you know, in the street, like you say, sort of thing. Um, and sometimes it works and sometimes there's that, that just that bit of magic and it all comes together. Um, in this one, particularly, I, I don't think that happened. <laughs> yeah, I don't blame you. I do have a, a scene I really love in it. And it's when Meryl Streep, it's, it's like, a, I, and I can see how it works as a Broadway a little bit better than on, on film, but when Meryl Streep sings, the winner takes it all. Like that was a magical yeah. moment for me in a, a film that, and it has a little bit of a legacy. I think a lot of people who love it really love this movie and still talk about it, but yeah. yeah and that's why I said, I'm going to make a lot of people angry with, with yeah. saying that because like, I, I know a lot of people love it. I also like it when people 
are given honest opinion and also uh, are not afraid to pick a popular movie and uh, put it in this kind of a worst of, worst of situation and here. So um, tear it apart. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, I, I may make one or both of you mad with mine. Uh, this was easy for me because I think you know nine of the ten day first ten days were really good for me. I unfortunately both as a filmmaker and as a comedian and an on-screen performer, I have not been able to get behind Bobcat Goldthwait. This was the Bobcat <laughs> Goldthwait day. I I was having a million other things going on that day, so I, I had to look for his, one of his stand-up, and I was having trouble. I, I would have tried to watch one of the movies, but I uh, Shakes the Clown was one I was, I've never watched, and I was, uh, I, I think, I don't know if you both watched it, but I was trying to get a hold of it, but I wasn't able to. So I watched uh, from my, the late 80s, An Evening with Bobcat Goldthwait, Share the Warmth. Rolling Stone, are you here now? Fucking Rolling Stone, what the fuck Rolling Stone? It's such a fucking lame piece of fucking shit. You know, there was a time where Rolling Stone meant rebellion. Now it's like, oh, new CD ads. New Seagram's ads. Fuck you, Rolling Stone, you can blow me. Oh, great. Oh. Oh. Jeez, just come. I can't live. What is Huey Lewis doing? If you saw Huey Lewis walking down the street, you wouldn't go, hey, is that America's leading rock star? No, you go, um, is that a friend of my dad's? <laughs> Someone said, Entertainment Tonight's here. That's People Magazine for people who are so fucking stupid they can't even read. <laughs> it's like, Ooh, Entertainment Tonight's on. I guess I won't need this. <laughs> And it, it's it's tough, and I, I mean it is. I I doubt at the end of this this month this will be the worst thing that I have seen, but it's the worst for the first ten days, because once it settles down, because he's doing that crazy voice, and and um, it's tough to understand him. <laughs> I'm finding myself annoyed by it for as you, and I think that's really the intention for twenty minutes or half an hour of this hour special. But I start to see kind of the performance art that he does. He goes into the audience. He gets into fights with hecklers. Mm. He's, at the time, very focused politically because I think he is quite a serious guy about politics. And that comes across in the satire of some of his movies, even if they aren't always for me. And at the time, he's talking about the the Reagan era and all of the, the, the negative things that have been done during his time as president and um, trying to bring some attention and some light to that. But even in the room... The Reagan years, he was a very popular president, and there's people like talking back to him, and he's he's getting into this, and but he's you know it's yeah it's interesting. I love stand up comedy, but it it really did not overall work for me. Um, but I, I also recognize it's very much of the moment in the the late '80s, and he does he makes fun of himself that he did Police Academy four, and yeah. he says. <laughs> I think his his line, one of my favorite lines in the in the thing is he says, I, "I'm basically a whore at this point." Um, Police Academy Four, like two, yeah, that made my career. Three, yeah, I guess I had to show up for the next one, but four, this is getting you know. So he's he was kind of biting the hand that feeds him at that time there. 
I know people, Larry's one of them who's an enormous fan of his filmmaking and, and him as a performer and as a satirist. But I, I, I found this the, the toughest hour to get through of, <laughs> of the first 10 days of the challenge. So this is probably, again, more on me than it is about him. But uh, but I it was the one that I would, I don't own a copy of this uh, special. I watched on YouTube. Somebody had taken their VHS and put it on YouTube and watched okay. the whole thing. And, um, so it's not one I can shed, but if I had a copy of it, I would shed it from my collection. Yeah, yeah I could see that easily being uh, something that would grate on you if you're not down with the character that he does. I mean, because, you know, if you're going out for coffee with him, he talks in a normal voice, but yeah, this, does, is a, yeah. this is a character he does. And for the longest time through the 80s, I think we all thought, is this how he really talks? Because every interview he'd go on, you know, late night talk shows and he'd do the voice, he'd do the screeching and the yelling and every movie he played that same role. Um, until later on, you you see him and say, "Wow, he's he's a smart guy. He can actually <laughs> put sentences together." And if, but uh, if you're not into into that screeching and the and the character, then that would be a long hour um, for sure. Like I'm a bit of an Andy Kaufman fan, and I feel like he's he was trying to picking up where Andy Kaufman left off. Like he's playing this character who is, you know, socially all over the place, but it was to have this greater purpose. And it was almost like a performance artist, but I, I like the Andy Kaufman character and I, I could put up with that more, even though he had a lot of bad behavior and caused a lot of problems um, in, 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 you know, taking his humor and his performance art to a different level there. But yeah, I, it was just, just kind of interesting there. So yeah, Sheldon, did you watch that special? I think you had. I I have seen most of it. It was a while ago, but like when you uh, when you posted, it, I was like, oh yeah, I've 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 seen that. I know I have, and I remember like there's a few good bits in it that he has. Like he always had. He's written a lot of stuff, um, I think, and and uh, some of the bits that he he wrote, they they come through okay. Um, but yeah, like if, if you're not a fan of, of the way that he does that character, um, you're obviously not going to kind of be into his, his up too much. And yeah, I remember in the eighties, my brother and I watching police Academy and all that kind of stuff. And we would, we would emulate the voice back and forth to each other. Um, the voice of Zed, uh, <laughs> you know, um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I picked, uh, I went a different direction that night with Bobcat. I, I, I watched hot to hot to trot i believe it is it's, it's yeah <laughs> it, it was more kinda, highbrow with the talking horse movie <laughs> yeah yeah and it, it, it sort of it, i don't know it works works better i guess in, in a movie like that and you have john candy as an uncredited uh voice of a horse during it so um but yeah i don't know his stand-up it it sort of it seems to come and go for me you know like there's parts of it where i i'm like okay is there something else on and then there's parts of it where, you know, you get a couple chuckles, but uh, I don't know. I, I always appreciated sort of his Police Academy character, and I thought that it should stay with Police Academy. You know Probably. what I mean? I, I, I didn't like that it started getting into everything that he did, all this, and including his stand-up. You would have this voice and, I mean, you know, just just drop the voice and try I think it back out. then... I think back then, though, that's what people wanted to see. They they wanted him they to do, do the voice. And uh, if he just came yeah. out there and said, "Hey, airplane food is not good," then it's yeah. be, what the hell is this? <laughs> that's true. That's but, true. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And he was because he, he was pretty. He was huge for like you know a span of time. Um, one of the movies I watched for that night was uh, One Crazy Summer, and you know that has mm -hmm. uh, John Cusack, Demi Moore, 
and Bobcat Goldway, but he was the key of all the uh, promotional material. You know, the trailer heavily features Bobcat and uh, he's like, you know, maybe third billing, but uh, they wanted you to be sure, hey, he's in this too. And yes, he does the voice and uh, it's, it's just kind of strange. Um, I'm familiar with the stand. The stand up you watched is that the one where D. Snyder from Twisted Sister was in the audience as well? Because he does a little that. back and forth with him or something. I oh, I don't what? think so. Okay, there's a few different so. ones was, I've seen. Was yeah. some, I thought he was uh, ma- he was making fun of some some heavy metal band in 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 the bit, but I don't think he went back and forth. Unless that's what I thought the heckler was, but I did, but did they have I mean, shots? Yeah. of yeah. I thought I thought so. It's been years. I used to have this on like a, a VHS way way back, and um, I was a fan of it because I was, uh, you know, <laughs> I just was. I know yeah. you talk about the Police Academy, but I think I recall there was a line or something where he talked about reading the script for Police Academy three or whichever one four, and he said, you know, Steve Gutenberg would have all these lines, and then it says Bobcat. He was pointing out, you know, I guess it was a self-referential thing. So I I appreciate that, I guess. But I just I maybe it was I was the night of uh, I think it was our open house at school. And I was I don't know. I think I was uh, just not in the the right headspace for 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 that. But uh, and I was trying to find a movie that was short enough that I'd be able to, to fit into my day. And, and so this was the best I could do that day. So um, I don't know. I, I, I would say, and I'm sure this was planned. I'm sure everything in it was planned. I mean, he, so I think he was a good oh, yeah. improviser, but he, he really has a lot of bits where he's yelling at the camera person and the crew and commenting on the light and that like, but it, but it seemed like some points that we kind of go over the line again, having a little bit of time with tech. Uh, I don't like it when performers start calling out tech people. Now, if it was, if the camera yeah. operator was in on the joke, then that's fine. Or they knew they were going to do that. That I don't know that for a fact. I don't know the the scenes of this, but it, that part didn't sit with me in a different way. I have a little bit of baggage connected to how some performers treat uh, tech people really, which uh, so I, I'm, just not a fan of that part too. So maybe that rubbed me the wrong way for the wrong reasons. So like I could say that uh, just interject if my wife was uh, staying with you, Jason, and watching all your 10 days with you, she would probably agree with you because she is not a fan of, uh, uh, you know, she tried to watch the movie with me, but every time he would come on screen and start, you know, shrieking, she'd be like, Oh, I can't watch this. So if it's not for everybody for sure. And I can totally appreciate that. Uh, but I, I have no doubt like he's a, he is actually a brilliant man. I mean, there's no oh for sure. There's no yeah, way he really is. Like a, he's written some amazing uh, stuff in, in in my opinion. But yeah, um, some of the some of the screeching and stuff just didn't work as well in certain situations. I don't know. Yeah. And that's what he'll end up being known as, you know, years down when he when he passes, they'll say, you know, known for that yep. shrieking police academy voice. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and bad. it was so original. Like with with uh, Police Academy two when he came out, like that nobody ever really did that, you know, kind of in a movie. And so, well, like you say, Scott, everybody was sort of a you know uh, really drawn to that. I think and drawn to that, and that's what they wanted to see uh, throughout the eighties. But uh, like Police Academy two, I love that movie, and I love his role in it. Uh, I think it works really really well. But uh, so, yeah, it's really I don't know. similar to uh, the guy like Gilbert Gottfried who does. Uh, yes. 
uh, right. an annoying voice character on stage. And now he has to do that voice every character he plays. And, uh, you know, unless you catch him yeah. off guard and you're going to talk to a friend or something. But, uh, and again, if you, my wife hates that voice, she just can't listen to it. But, you know, he's a funny guy. But, uh, yeah. But I, I, I will say if you check out some of his films, independent films, oh, I'm not director. a fan of all of them, but and he also does some horror movies. I, I think mm-hmm. he is. You know, I think there's a lot of talent there in what he writes and directs. I, I forget the name of the movie, but it was a comment on the love Americans have of guns. Uh, and yeah, was, is that God Bless America, I think? Something like that, yeah. And I, it's it was a very independent movie. I watched that, and I really enjoyed that one. He did a movie with Robin Williams. I was not as much of a fan of uh, World's Greatest Dad, but I could see, you know, the potential there. Uh, and it's interesting that, like, he had this – career known as this character and then he got into the behind the scenes filmmaking uh angle there and and good good for him and he still has a a good career in that so um we're going to move on to the the positive side of this this would be a highlight of the first 10 days and scott we're going to go with you first of which would be your favorite or a highlight and uh, might you know might not be the same i'm wrestling with some ones that i've mentioned before on the show or reviewed but whether that that would be like the surprise or a highlight it doesn't necessarily have to be the best but uh yeah yeah i, I was debating how i was going to do this and i had kind of two and you know they might almost be ranked like that a, a favorite and a highlight mm-hmm. um and and if it's okay i could just kind of mention in passing the one that probably would be the favorite but I, you know but uh i mean I watched Ghostbusters, the original Ghostbusters this uh, mm-hmm. this week, and you know, with the new one coming out next month, it was just it was it was weird because I I liked it as much as I did the first time, and uh, mm-hmm. it's rare that a movie will just keep it. I, I may have enjoyed it more than the first time. I'm not sure what it was about this particular viewing, but I just thought, this is just still so good. But I then I thought, you know, how much do we need to? I don't need to promote Ghostbusters to anybody. Um, everyone <laughs> knows that it was in, it's enjoyable. It always will be enjoyable. And, uh, you know, that cast and, and just what it meant at that time, you know, in, yeah. in the eighties and growing up. Uh, but the one that ended up being a highlight for me, uh, and what I really wanted to point out was, and I know Jason, I think you watched this one as well. Uh, the swingers. I don't want you to be the guy in the PG 13 movie. Everyone's really hoping makes it happen. I want you to be like the guy in the weighted R movie. You're a bad man. You're a bad man. You're a bad man. In the city of Los Angeles, where everyone is a player. What do you guys do? Oh, I'm a producer. Mike can't even get a seat on the bench. Where do I know you from? You ever been to the ha-ha hole on, a, on Pico? Oh, you're, you're a comedian. It's a, you know, it's a dream, you know, it's a lot of hard work and travel. I know where it is. Starbucks. You came in and, and asked me for an application. But now his closest friends are getting him back into the swing of things. Vegas, baby, Vegas! happens to be a $100 minimum bet table. Perhaps you'd be more comfortable at one of our lower stakes tables. How are you ladies doing this evening? What do you drive? Uh, Cavalier. <laughs> it's a nice touch. So how long do I wait to call? Two days is like industry standard. Well, how long are you guys going to wait to call your babies? Six, Six days. days. Miramax presents the film that had an entire country on its feet. You know what, big boy? You're grown up! Swingers. Hi, this is Nikki. Leave a message. Hi, uh, Nikki. This is Mike again. I, I just called because it sounded like your, your machine might have cut me off when I... When I Roger Ebert calls it sweet, funny, observant. Mikey's the big winner. Mikey wins. A movie that defined a generation. Hi, this is Nikki. Leave a message. Anyway, I think I was uh, weird or desperate or... 
Hello? Mike, don't ever call me again. Swingers. Wow. Get a nightlife. I hadn't seen Swingers for quite some time. This was a big movie for us growing up, you know, about that age. And you know, we'd watch it with the guys are together. We'll put on Swingers and we'll watch this before we're going out to the bar. We just, it, it would just be something that we do. And, uh, you know, I just think it's a really well acted movie. I mean, there's the characters in it. They just seem, uh, they seem kind of real. And uh, there's just moments of this that just hit real, um, you know, it was on John Favreau night. So uh, that's, you know, I think he wrote, wrote this movie as well. So um, there's, there's a scene where he meets a girl and his friends are telling him, all right, you don't call her for three days or two days, whatever the, the rule is. Uh, and of course, so he calls her like two 30 in the morning, as soon as he gets back to his apartment and he ends up, I think, leaving her like six voicemails that night. And it's just, a, it, it, they go through the whole course of a relationship in these voicemails and it's, it's funny. But as it keeps going, it's sad and it's like heartbreaking. You're like, dude, stop, dude, stop. Oh, painful. <laughs> and I think this was the movie that kind of introduced us to uh, to Vince Vaughn as uh, you know the the comic styling and the delivery of him. Um, and I know he's not not kind of for everybody, but during that time, this character he was about the coolest guy we've seen on <laughs> in a movie for some time. He just seemed like you know. Uh, you know, that fast talking guy that could get the girl, but he's always there for his buddy as well. He's always looking out for his friend, making sure his friend's happy and, and doing okay. Um, and, you know, I, I know guys like everybody in this movie and maybe that's why I enjoy it so much. Um, but yeah, I, I just, when it was done, there was times I just felt really good during it and it was over and I thought I really enjoyed watching Swingers again. I thought, I think this is going to be my highlight at the first 10 when we talk about this. Awesome. Sheldon, I'm sure you've you've watched Swingers, right? Oh yeah, yeah. I I sort of I'm a little bit younger than than you guys, but but not very much. So um, that was very much uh, a movie I used to watch during the '90s too. And uh, um, I like a lot of John Favreau's stuff, to be honest. Um, I think he's he's done some really really cool stuff um, as an actor, as a director, as a writer. Um, I know he's into the Star Wars uh, world now. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's been doing a lot of stuff with uh, the Mandalorian and uh, things like that. And <clears throat> yeah, I, I just, I, it's a good show. Uh, I can't really say anything bad about it. Um, I enjoy it from, from kind of start to finish, except for, I know what you mean. Like when Scott, when you mentioned like at some point you're kind of like, you know, just to stop, like just, <laughs> you know, like you start to feel really sort of bad for that, that character kind of thing. And uh um, yeah, Vince Vaughn, you know, he's, I've always liked Vince Vaughn. It, it's a, it's a great movie. I, I, I really like that. I, I will say your other choice would probably be the one that I would go with over swingers, uh, Ghostbusters, but it yeah. sort of has a, a little bit more of a personal connection. It was the first movie I, I remember watching like ever, um, in my life that <clears throat> when I was three years old, so it, I don't know, like 1985 or 1986, something like that. I was actually... I was proficient enough with the VCR that I could take and my dad had it on a recorded VHS and I could take it and I could put it into the VHS player and I could play it on the, the TV and I would just sit there and watch it. And I, I was absolutely captivated by it. It never scared me in any way. I never had nightmares about it. And there's some scary scenes like sure. at the end with, uh, you know, the whole thing and uh, are you a God and all this kind of stuff. So I would probably pick Ghostbusters over Swingers, but at the same time, they're both excellent movies and, and I love both of them. They're great. 
Oh yeah, don't don't get me wrong. I'm not suggesting Swingers is a better yeah. film. Oh no, I, no, 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 no. <laughs> <In, in laughs> that was just my own personal thing. I sorry. <laughs> oh, sure. Yeah, Ghostbusters is something that, and it growing up, it seemed like it was on on TV like every month as well, or it was just on somewhere. We had you know recorded on VHS as well, and uh, we went and helped put on Ghostbusters. But uh, and and I'll be the minority voice in this one. I'll say uh, I would choose Swingers over Ghostbusters, um, but. <laughs> It's, it's it's not an easy call. I'm really happy you picked this one. It was a, a runner-up for me, for sure. Uh, oh, nice. It was. It, I think it, it was the most I enjoyed it. I think the first time I saw it, I, I got it enough, but I didn't completely get it and have like that life experience to look back and and watch how these guys operate. I, and unfortunately, I, I mean, I don't see the Vince Vaughn character in myself. But I, I really identify with the John Favreau. So. Yeah. Uh, sorry, that was just really funny, Jason. I leave the six messages and make something that might have been okay into something awkward. Uh, yeah, I, I was right there, like cheering for this guy. And yeah, I, I mean, not to spoil it too much, but when he, he uh, meets the girl that uh, and things kind of change and like he has, you know, he's really stuck on his ex and like that whole shift that happens towards the end. It's, it's, uh, it's great. It's, it's just a, a, beautiful a slice of life. And it was just part of the exciting independent film movement that came out. And I, I got a kick out of the, there are some star Wars references in the script that, mm -hmm. that Favreau wrote. So obviously he'd been a star Wars fan for a while. So I'm sure at that point oh, yeah. it would have been a dream come true to be where he is. Also, like how important he was to the Marvel Universe, he directed Iron Man, which started the whole yeah. MCU universe popularity thing. And he had a reoccurring role acting in some of those films as well. So, um, yep. yeah, I, he's a very talented guy. I, uh, Doug Lyman uh, was a director. Uh, he also did a movie called Go, which I'm a fan of. Um, oh, I and love that the first, Love it. The first Born Identity movie he directed. And I, I think he worked on producing the, the TV show, The O.C. I haven't heard a whole lot about him since, but his directorial touch, like he's, it's a character-driven, script-driven film. He doesn't get in the way, but he uh, does all the right things on probably a pretty small budget because these guys weren't known. None of them were known. Heather Graham, who shows up late in the film, she wasn't mm -hmm. Boogie Nights. I don't think it had happened at that point. So... It, it's just a great film. It, those who I would recommend it to those who are movie fans who have not seen Swingers. So, yeah, love your choice there, Scott. Love it. And, yep. uh, kind of a comment when I talk about the the group of guys and the friends that they are. It's uh, I think they were all cooler than anyone that we hung out with. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like a, kind of a heightened, you know, they just had that hip, cool of the period you know feel to them. But they would do stuff like they would play uh, you know PlayStation or hockey. Yeah, uh, yeah, and I love that great. scene yeah. where they're just those gathering, they're really shit talking each other while they're you know making Gretzky's head bleed, and 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 those are the scenes that I loved because it just seems like they're you know they got this camaraderie and 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 Trent, the Vince Vaughn character, maybe you didn't see much of him in yourself or I didn't see him in me, but he looked like a guy I wanted to hang out with him. I wanted to make yes. sure if I was going to a party, he'd be coming. He'd be my he's, wingman. He's uh, so confident in everything that. he does, and Favreau Absolutely. is not. Um, yeah, yeah, and I love myself, and I want you to know I love myself before I make this comment. But <laughs> I actually think Favreau's character is cooler than I. Not <laughs> 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 the cooler customer, so. But it's, it's like, like there's there's some, this... it was like 
um, and I know people can't stand Woody Allen, but it was kind of like uh, a new young Woody Allen as far as that type of character he played for a little bit. And he's evolved and he's moved on to other types of characters as an actor, but he's a really important filmmaker as well too. And so, um, yeah, I was like, why don't I watch Swingers more often than I do? That that was yeah. that was my thought. And that was the second day. I think the first two days of the challenge, Scott, you and I had the same movies. So, uh, yeah, oh, yeah. got people it's- down. And I wanted just to point out a high point for me was, I think it's the end scene where it takes place. They're having breakfast, uh, yes. breakfast in in a diner or something after a night of all night partying. And and John's Favreau, he's the driver, so he's sober. And Vince Vaughn is just trashed, but he's having fun and he's loud and he's obnoxious. My wife turned me and I had a tear. I like had some tears ah. in my eyes because I was just you know I love that scene so much. Yeah. Um, well, actually, it's not uh, the last scene, but anyways, but he's being loud and he's standing on the table like Mikey's all grows up. But but I'm laughing because I, I said like I've had these breakfasts, you know, where you're like, yeah, me too. The bars are closed. Let's go have breakfast now. And uh, the guys are a little out of control, being a little bit loud, but we're having fun. And uh, I that just that scene just hit me, and I I loved it. Oh, I had I had everybody in Denny's staring at our table many many a night yeah. <laughs> after the, the bar, like many, and that's as I was just gonna say it's such a relatable movie for that um, because I think we've all been in those situations, right? Like we've all been in situations with with relationships where we're you know we got carried away and we're like, oh, why did I do that? I, I'm such an idiot kind of thing, and why why did I pr- pursue it so much? And uh, but yeah, there there was nights I remember at Denny's where. Um, I, I think we got kicked out a few times, actually, to be quite <laughs> honest with you. And you got to do, you got to do some serious work to get kicked out of Denny's yeah, um, so. at, at about six, seven o'clock in the morning. Um, but we we managed to pull it off more than once, I think. <laughs> I also want to say I love a scene. I don't want to ruin it for people who haven't seen it, but there's another great restaurant scene that happens towards the end with Vince Vaughn across the restaurant. Uh, flirting with this this woman who he thinks is completely into him, but the payoff to that scene is 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 brilliant. So yeah, it's yeah, uh, yeah um, a great choice. Sheldon, I'm what is you your highlight uh, from February first to uh, February? 10th? So I'm I'm gonna kind of do the same sort of thing that um, Scott did, and I I, I sort of like that um, uh, process a little bit. I think. Um, I cheated. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. It's 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 great. Um, it, um, I I I don't like picking between the two movies, but um, one that I would like to highlight, sort of thing, um, is Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead. Welcome, dear Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. Something have you heard of Hamlet's transformation? Sit nor the exterior nor the inward man resembles that it was. Heaven make our presence and our practices pleasant and helpful to him. Aye. Amen. I want to go home. Don't let them confuse you. I am but mad north and northwest when the wind is southerly. I know a halt from a handsaw. Exactly. Exactly what? Exactly why? Exactly why what? What? Why? Why what exactly? Why is he mad? I don't know. <laughs> Will you walk out of the air, my lord? Into my grave? Indeed, that is out of the air. Glean what afflicts him. Me? Him. How? Question and answer. So your uncle's the king of Denmark? That's right. And my father before him. His father before him? No, my father before him. 
but surely you may well ask. Your father, whom you love, dies. You were his heir. You come back to find that Harley was the corpse cold before his young brother popped onto his throne and into his sheets, thereby offending both legal and natural practice. Now, why exactly are you behaving in this extraordinary manner? I can't imagine. An audience! Tragedians, at your command. We can do you rapiers or rape. Both. We're still finding our feet. I should concentrate on not losing your head. I like him not. Therefore, prepare you. I, your commission, forthwith will dispatch, and he to England shall along with you. It is an exact command from the King of Denmark for several different reasons, importing Denmark's health and England's too, that on the reading of this letter, without delay, I should have Hamlet's head cut off. I could jump over the side. That'll put a spoke in their wheel. Unless they're counting on it. I should remain on board. That'll put a spoke in their wheel. My name is Guildenstern and this is Rosencrantz. I'm sorry. His name is Guildenstern and I'm Rosencrantz. We aim for the point where everyone who is marked for death dies. Who decides? It is written. Audiences know what to expect. And that is all they are prepared to believe in. What are they? They're dead. <laughs> Wasn't that the end? Do you call that an ending? With practically everyone still on his feet? My goodness, no. Over your dead body. Um, from 1990. And uh, that is probably my favorite all-time Shakespearean anything and it wasn't a shakespearean play per se like hamlet takes place during the film um and of course it's got rosencrantz and gildenstern but it's written by tom stoppard um he's very old now i believe he's in his high 90s and uh, he's probably not going to be around for very much longer um but it's got a couple of great actors in in gary oldman of course he's one of the best uh, to ever kind of take the screen and then you've got tim roth too as well um and i just it it makes shakespeare funny um, and it's so well written that you almost think that you're watching something that was written by Shakespeare. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it's it's one of my favorite shows, and and uh, it's sort of it was one of the things that got me into Shakespeare. Um, and I've I've acted in a few uh, of the scenes over the years um, uh, from it. There was one time I actually like because back in the day, but before uh, internet was sort of so well widely used there were there weren't a lot of scripts available it was very hard to get scripts for for certain things um unless you found it in a book and sometimes you couldn't find the book i remember watching the movie and like pausing it every two seconds and writing down exactly what the dialogue was and then keeping going and writing down the dialogue because i was doing it for a scene i was doing it for a for an acting class um and and yeah just it's it's one of my favorite movies and and i i'd really like to highlight that one but um, that being said, um, and I don't know, this is maybe a little, a small part, um, a little bit of a re regret that we didn't talk about this during our, our John Candy episode, um, but we had to pick some movies that we, we had to be a little bit more critical about, I think, um, and I think you guys know where I'm going with this, but 
Uh, and we've talked about the movie on the show before, and and uh, I always come back to it, and I always will. But it's planes, trains, and automobiles. That's I. Uh, there's no possible way like I could ever get rid of that movie. And and when Jason, you were kind of going through the the rules of our uh, sort of um, our our challenge, I guess you could say, or or whatnot. Um, I wanted to pick the movie that, regardless of of whatever happened, I would never get rid of it, and and that's the movie that I would never, ever, ever possibly get rid of is Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. It, it's just it's there's so much attached to it. It's part of my youth. It's a great movie. It's hilarious. It's got John Candy, Steve Martin. They work off each other so well, um, and it's actually really cool. I'm part of a John Candy uh, Facebook group. Um, and there's actually a guy, uh, in the same group that worked on those movies. He, he worked as a prop master and I believe he worked as a, as a couple of other, uh, roles within those, those productions. And he used to do a lot of John Hughes, uh, stuff. His name's Tim. I, I can't remember his last name. Um, but he, just to hear some of the stories, uh, that he mentions about, um the actors and and some of the things that he did and the experiences that he had with both john candy and steve martin and sort of their personalities going through movies and going through filming um you know he said steve martin was always you know kind of fairly reserved to a certain extent like he would laugh um but not in the way that john candy would laugh and there was one story that he uh i'll just briefly mention he was talking about online uh where they were filming the bus scene um where they finally end up on a bus uh steve martin and john candy's characters and i guess that day of production uh was quite serious and they were having some sort of an argument and and he couldn't exactly tell what kind of an argument uh they were having john hughes was involved in it and john candy and steve martin they were all involved in this argument and you could tell it was very tense it was a very 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 tense uh moment um, and I, which if you've seen the movie, it, it doesn't really make any sense why that moment would be so tense, why filming of that would be so tense. Like it's, it's a comedic uh, scene, but um, I guess uh, the guy, uh, this uh, Tim, he, he got the bright idea. He went and he grabbed a little container he used to get out of those. Uh, they look like gumball machines and it had slime in it. And uh, we all remember the kind of slime that you'd get from those machines and, he went on to the bus and John Candy and Steve Martin were sitting there and it was a very tense moment and you could tell they were very upset and he, he got the slime out of the container and he kind of made it look like it was coming out of his nose and he had the biggest sneeze in the world and he threw it up against the window and then it just slowly slid down the window and there was a moment of silence and then John Candy just burst out laughing, I guess. And, and uh, Tim said it was the hardest that he's ever seen John Candy laughing. And even Steve Martin was laughing and uh, I know, I know I'm getting off on a tangent, but uh, it's just, it's one of the greatest movies in in my opinion. There's so many good actors and it's, it's just really well done. And uh, there's a moment, like I always mention, and I mentioned it in the last show that we talked about it um, at the end where, where John Candy is talking about how he doesn't have a home and then his wife's been dead for 10 years um, or, or however many years for quite a while. Uh, it, it makes me cry. It, it 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 honestly just brings tears to my eyes and and you know it's one of those moments where you're not weeping you're not um you have no other emotion on your face but you have tears rolling down your cheeks and and to me that's kind of one of the most powerful uh, moments that you can have as as a viewer 
watching somebody's art and and uh it's just a beautiful movie and i love it and uh, i'd never get rid of it <laughs> and scott i think you had it on your top 10 pretty high up last year is that right yeah. Uh, if if I watched it in the month, then it would have to have been. Um, it was it, it could have been number one. Yeah, um, was. I, I, yeah. it's it's if you watch that it, as soon as you posted, you were watching that night. I think in my head is like, well, I guess we know what's number one for Sheldon. This week. <laughs> yeah. but, uh, it's it's really hard to beat that as far as just a just a really well made, perfectly. I mean, every comedy beat is just timed perfect, and the editing on the film, and it's it's. I can't say anything bad about that movie. I wish that uh, we could have got more uh, of that pairing because, uh, yeah. you know, different characters, not a sequel, but just, you know, if we would have had more time with, uh, with John Candy and, and Steve Martin, or, or was it just lightning just this one time or was it just, you know, get it done again, but uh, a very good, perfect, uh, perfect movie for me. And sometimes the second pairing, if it had happened, if it bombed, it might be a little bit of a, it might tarnish the legacy of the first one, but yeah, maybe. Yeah, I, I Strange and Automobiles is connected to a show that will be reviewed at some point, but this is probably the third episode where we've had a thorough, <laughs> where, yeah, where it's mentioned again. So, um, I might spend a little bit more time on Rosencrantz and Guildenstern, and I have that, yeah, and that's fine. That. that will be part of uh, an episode at some point, too. I, I know my experience with that one, it's the, a weird comparison between. Your your worst Mamma Mia and this one, which was the highlight. <laughs> but I think with both both of those uh, productions, they're better on stage, I think, than they are in a film. But totally. Tim, Tim Roth and uh, and Gary Oldman, you wouldn't necessarily get them. Maybe at that time, it was before they fully hit it big. I I think. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, it, it was. It was before they really kind of took off. Yeah. Yeah, it was pre-Reservoir Dogs. I know for uh, yeah. about a year, year or so before Reservoir Dogs for Tim Roth and Gary Oldman was was getting a bunch of work. He was working through the '80s, but I don't think he'd become as big a, a name there. Uh, and they yeah. really do carry the film, and they have a lot of text and a lot of time together. It's a tough sell. I'm glad you're 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 pointing that one out in a sense because it's an absurdist play put into an absurdist movie um, can, mm -hmm. can be difficult. And I do feel like those who remember Hamlet are going to maybe have a better time with Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead, um, particularly if, they, if they're familiar and they enjoyed Hamlet. Uh, not yeah. everybody enjoys Shakespeare for sure. So that Absolutely. part of kind of getting some of the, the in-jokes in there might be a, a – I think Planes, Trains is an easier sell maybe than Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead. But I, I, I think, you know, and, and probably if I'm wanting to have a good time, I'm going to put Planes, Trains on between the two. But I really want to revisit Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are, are dead to, I think I have it connected to some uh, stage to screen type of episode. Uh, and so it will be, I have more episodes. I'm going to outlive the number of episodes I have for my show, but uh, hopefully someday I'll be able to review both of those movies um, in a little bit more detail. But I, I really like uh, both of your choices, Sheldon. But I was sure when I saw Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, it would show up uh, in this in this episode here. You know? you know me so well, Jason. <laughs> yes. And if nothing else, if nothing else, I'm sure we'll get to talk about it again next year. <laughs> yeah, sure. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, it's early in the month yet because National Lampoon's Vacation has shown up for more than one of these as well. And 
typically uh with the horror challenge night of the living dead ends up or um or return of the living dead one of those ends up in in our uh top 10 or yeah. in, our, in our mentions as well so yeah as it I mean, no, I'm... <laughs> else, listening to these shows if you haven't seen these this movie and it gets mentioned over and over again you probably should check it out so mine is i guess i'm not going to say like maybe in one of the later ones i'll say this one was the best and this one was the highlight um for this one i'm, I'm going to give an mvp to a particular person who is a, a very celebrated person right now because of a little movie that she uh, wrote and directed that came out in the summer called Barbie. But Greta Gerwig played a significant role as an actor in probably my runner-up film and as a first-time writer and director in the movie that I'm going to highlight. So I will mention Frances Ha. If you haven't seen it, please check it out if you want to see how good an actor she is. That one was written and directed by Noah Baumbach, her partner who co-wrote Barbie. But to me, it's like the companion piece is Lady Bird. I hate California. I want to go to the East Coast. I want to go where culture is, like How New in the York. World did I race or at least snow. Connecticut or New Hampshire, where writers live in the world. Get into those schools anyway. Mom! You should just go to City College. You know, with your work ethic, just go to City College and then to jail, and then back to City College, and then maybe you'd learn to pull yourself up and not expect everybody to do everything. <laughs> Ladybird, is that your given name? Yeah. Why is it in quotes? I gave it to myself. It's given to me by me. Ladybird always says that she lives on the wrong side of the tracks, but I always thought that that was like a metaphor. But there are actual train tracks. What she did was very baller. It was very anarchist. Put the magazine back! <laughs> She has a big heart, your mom. She's warm, but she's also kind of scary. You can't be scary and warm. I think you can, your mom is. So, you're not interested in any Catholic colleges? No way. I want schools like Yale, but not Yale because I probably couldn't get in. <laughs> you definitely couldn't get in. Does mom hate me? If you're tired, we can sit down. I'm not tired. You were dragging your feet. You are so infuriated. Will you stop yelling? I'm not yelling. Oh, it's perfect. Do you love it? You both have such strong personalities. When is a normal time to have sex? You're having sex? I'm ready. Just wanted it to be special. Why? You're gonna have so much unspecial sex in your life. We're afraid that we will never escape our past. Whatever we give you, it's never enough. It's never enough. It is enough. We're afraid of what the future will bring. We're afraid we won't be loved. You can't do anything unless you're the center of attention. We won't be liked. Yeah, well, you know your mom's tits, they're totally fake. She made one bad decision in 19. Two bad decisions. And we won't succeed. I want you to be the very best version of yourself that you can be. What if this is the best version? What I'd really like is to be on Math Olympiad. But math isn't something you're terribly strong in. That we know of yet. Which he wrote and directed, and that was on the day um, where it was a movie that you would watch with your mother. And I remember going to the theater and I saw it with her and I think I maybe I, I loved it I put it in my top 10 list I was cheering for it for awards when it came out a few years ago 
I think I, I loved it even more this time. And I, I think it's a shame that Laurie Metcalf didn't win the Academy Award playing, playing um, Lady Bird's mother. But Lady Bird is Greta Gerwig. And so you have to understand, Frances Haw is Greta Gerwig when she's living in New York as um, a struggling, in this case, she, the character was made as a, as a dancer, but as a struggling actor, right? Trying to make her rent and feeling a little bit out of place in the world that she's in. Lady Bird is about her senior year in high school leading into eventually going to New York and about how she was her own unique person, but she had to get out of Sacramento um, and go to New York to kind of, you know, find her people and, and, and find her way. So the two movies together are like a, a kind of a two-part autobiography about Greta Gerwig. She is a, a very, very, very charming actor, and you see that completely in Frances Haw. I think I underestimated her, though, as a filmmaker and until I saw Lady Bird, and then she did the Little Women, the, the latest Little Women film, and Barbie is is quite an achievement. Uh, it's a separate conversation whether she should be up for Best Director for it. I'm not sure about that, but I think for a first-time writer-director, she made an amazing movie. And it's been a few years. I'm not sure as many people talk about Lady Bird as when it first came out. Uh, Sorosha Ronan uh, does an awesome job of playing kind of a, a younger version of, of Gerwig and uh, – and again, uh, Laurie Metcalf. And uh, I also wanted to mention this time around, and he's he's a really good actor and, and also a playwright to Tracy Letts, um, plays the father. And he he has some amazing scenes. And he, he loves his daughter, but is in kind of this difficult boat where he's kind of between his, he's got his own poems, but he's also between his mother, daughter, you know, teenage daughter, mother, battle that they're having and they they all love each other but it's tough for them to show that this also year were uh again lucas hedges terrific actor was kind of a an up-and-coming timothy chamelay is is in this this is i think the same year that that he got his oscar nomination i think there's a like a, a lot of young and hungry farmers that were you know about to become big that are in this movie some of them have done a lot of work in theater and it's a very funny movie, but it also has some nice kind of serious touches. I really feel like at the end, it's a short movie. It's about an hour and a half that you really live the life of these characters. So for me, an early MVP of this challenge has been Greta Gerwig, but I want to highlight uh, Lady Bird, which will is connected to a show and will be reviewed in even more detail in the future there. But I was kind of between it and Francis Haw, but I decided to mention that. And I did have a ton of runners up. Swingers being one of them. I also want to shout out White Men Can't Jump. It was great to revisit that one on the very first day of the challenge. It started off the challenge in the right way there, a Ron Shelton film I hadn't watched probably since the 90s, but this is the one I landed on. So have either of you, uh, I think Sheldon, you said I've never heard of this uh, when I posted yeah. Lady Bird. Yeah, I, I, I'd never watched it before, actually, and I was sort of intrigued um, uh, by it when you when you picked it. And um, I think it, it came out in 2017, I think, if I, if I remember correctly. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah I, I would have been right um, in the process of finishing off my education degree uh, during that. And uh, so, 
yeah, it, it it was one of those movies that I think just kind of slipped through the cracks because I was so busy doing everything else. I basically had, like I said, on I think to one of your I commented, uh, I think I had a, a mattress, basically a bed set up in the library um, for a few years there. And, and I never left. Uh, I, I spent most of my time either in the library or in uh, in the theater. So uh, I didn't watch a lot of movies and I didn't see a lot of the new stuff that was coming out. And so I, I sort of missed this one and I'm going to have to go back and watch it because uh, it, it sounds, um, you know, I generally trust your, uh, you know, your perspective on movies. So I, I'm going to have to go back and watch that because I'd never seen it. Um, yeah, Scott, you, you, you might not like it and that's fine, but it's, uh, it's yeah. really, it, it kind of moved me like towards the end, you know, I really was kind of back to like, you know, feeling feeling like it was something really special so uh, you know that's that's where i was I, I did i did i will say i did like barbie though um and like you were you were talking about uh, the director there and I, I think that's the same director or was that the yes, other movie you were yes. talking about yeah it's her yeah like she, she was known as kind of a quirky character actor for a while and she got connected to noah Baumbach and wes anderson's kind yeah. of connected to the whole world sofia coppola okay but, um, yeah, and yeah. I, I loved Barbie. Barbie was great. Yeah, I had, I, know, Scott had... I had not seen uh, Lady Bird up until you know this discussion. I, I I'm not familiar with it, the title, anything yeah. about it. So uh, this would be a new a new find for me. Um, just you know, listening to you describe, and I just kind of looked it up here, and you know, I guess it sounds like a you know a coming of age story, and I don't see a lot of those now, um, like in current like current recent releases, anyways, and that's fairly recent as far as you know the grand scheme um usually when i think of the coming of age stories i see it's you know guys getting their driver's license in 1991 or something and uh or the, or the younger <laughs> the, the 80s movies are the ones that you're more familiar with that uh the coming of age while you're com- <laughs> yeah while you're coming of age right um so i yeah it'd be interesting to see something that's a bit more updated about uh you know what it's like now you know coming of age with uh with a computer in your pocket but uh yeah yeah and it- Forget what year she set it in. Like, uh, oh, so it's it's not uh, it's set back. I think it's set back. Uh, yeah, I, I forget what year, but okay. yeah. Okay, I just see it right here. It's two thousand set in two thousand two. Oh, set in two thousand two. Yeah, and yeah. and that's I think about the age that she was in two thousand two. So that yeah, that's why. I, yeah, I totally think it's it's her story. But her and Noah Baumbach got to know each other really well, and they're kind of a bit of a. a a quasi Hollywood power couple, but they're, you know, kind of a, uh, and obviously the trading off years and getting best picture nominations for different things and very talented screenwriters for sure. And I personally, even though I really like a movie, the squid and the whale that Noah Baumbach did, uh, I, I think she's the better of the two filmmakers, like as, as directors, she doesn't have as many films out there as he has made, but I like them both as screenwriters and, uh, it's, yeah, it's, Kind of, uh, I'm I'm interested to see what happens next because now, according to the box office, she's the most successful female director in the history of cinema. And if I was to rank her her three feature films, I don't know if I would go in the most obvious order uh, for people, but I think I might still be picking Lady Bird as my favorite above Bar- Barbie. But uh, but that said, it, Barbie was an amazing achievement and really changed yeah. cinema contemporary cinema for the good and got people out to movie theaters, which I'm saying usually at the end of my show, go and support movies and movie theaters. So that's, that's our six, I guess. Any final 
final thoughts uh, before I let you uh, find gentlemen go for the evening? Well, I should probably just mention, I forgot to mention, I think um, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern was part of the 1991 uh, day but of the yeah. challenge, but it was released in 19... 19- uh, 90, I guess, uh, or it was released, released in 91 in the U S but, uh, yeah. in 1990 at, at some of the film festivals, as we were talking about, Jason, yeah. Venice um, and, and and, Toronto, I think it, it premiered in, in Venice and Toronto and right. IMDB kind of identifies the year it first had a theatrical release, but it didn't get distribution and, and release, I think until 1991, because I had to look that up. Cause I was like, Oh, was that a 1991 film? I, yeah, kind of forgotten. So yeah, yeah. I kind of, I kind of twisted, uh, twisted the rules a little bit no, there, no, but I don't think I, I broke them. All the rules exactly <laughs> right because it says that, but there's lots of movies that don't actually get a wide release until the next calendar year. So yeah, right. I, I kind of just, you know, you can look up IMDb or the back of the DVD. Sometimes that'll have a different date. So yeah, yeah. Some I feel better. There. There. Yeah. Yeah. No, uh, and the the other oh, one. Uh, I think the other one, Planes, Trains, was the Michael McKean Day, I believe. I didn't mention that. I just yeah, it wasn't it was the Steve Martin that, Day. Oh, I think it was Michael McKean Day for you, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I enjoyed his one. little his cameo in that when he comes up as the police officer. That's one of my favorite moments. He just walks up. What the hell are you driving here? <laughs> he just, of all things, uh, the radio still works perfect. Right? Yeah, of clear as bell too. Don't ask me how. <laughs> Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. But um, yeah, no, it's it's been a really good month for me. I'll just finish up with, with just saying that it's been a really good month so far. And I'm loving the challenge. And, and uh, like I said, I'm going to continue to pick some of the movies I think that I haven't seen or at least haven't seen in a very long time. And so it, it should be a little bit more of an interesting uh, discussion than than kind of uh, what I've been doing for the past, because I, I, I am, I'm prone to picking movies that I love and, and I know that's not a big problem, but I'm, I'm trying to do things a little bit differently when I can. And so hopefully the next time we, uh, we talk, I'll have some other uh, different ones for you guys. Yeah. yeah I think the next one's going to be tough for me. Actually. I've been, it's been a pretty good run here. I, well, actually, no, that's not true. I better for the next episode. <laughs> I, just, I, just, I just remembered something. So anyway, yeah, but uh, yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's, we're about three days as of the time of this recording for our cutoff for the next episode. So we'll probably hear from you gentlemen fairly soon. I'm when this is released, I'm not quite sure. I'm kind of balancing this in some Oscar episodes with my friend Kurt Fitzpatrick. So hopefully people uh, check those out. But uh, again, while I mentioned Rankin Review, Larry Parsons, wonderful podcast there. Um, Actually, might, uh, can I do one shout out as well? Yes, please. To uh, to Mr. Sheldon here, I just I really had to give him credit for day six because there was uh, you know something from the Ghostbusters or Back to the Future franchise, and he's you know hats off to this guy. He uh, <laughs> went through both franchises. You, you did, didn't you? That's right. One day, yes. I thought I was yep. I, I couldn't believe it. You know, two hours later, another post. Two hours later, another one. Holy cow! And I thought you went through my whole childhood in one day. So good for you. You deserve a medal for that. Didn't you? Um, well, thank you. Watch Afterlife as well. For- I I had to I had to watch I had watched it a couple nights before actually, yeah. um in its entirety. But um I ended the day and I was watching my son pretty much the whole day, so I didn't go anywhere. I just I watched movies from start to finish, sort of when we woke up until when we were putting them down, <laughs> and even past that. And um, the last movie that I watched was uh, the sixth one was um 
answer the call ghostbusters answer the call and it just it wasn't as good as the other ones for various reasons that i won't get into um so i actually i had to watch a little bit of afterlife after that just to kind of get that sort of taste out of my mouth <laughs> so, you're so trying to see. find the uh the real ghostbusters cartoon just to cleanse the palate too <laughs> that's right and i, I loved there. that when i was yeah. a kid yeah the it. eric stoltz caught it back to the future <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was it was a fun day i i really enjoyed that day that was probably my favorite day and i appreciate the shout out there scott it's the 80s day that would be for sure so yeah uh anyway larry's uh show ranking review i just want to mention that and we've been on each other's shows fairly recently then kurt fitzpatrick's show a lifetime of hallmark which i will be on uh fairly soon as of this weekend i'm supposed to watch a hallmark movie for uh, a guest appearance on that show and he'll be on uh, about three Oscar episodes. Uh, and uh, I want to mention Lindsay's show, Schlock and Awe. She had me on fairly recently. And uh, Matt Bledsoe's show, Film Feast. So I, again, want to tell everybody, just be safe and be healthy and be kind to one another and keep supporting the movies. And hopefully you get a chance to get a few laughs out of uh, the movies during Funny February. Till next time, goodbye.